Now, with the final instalment of Paul Mars's Never the Bride, especially commissioned for BBC Radio 7. Poor Brenda, landlady extraordinaire, has not had much luck of late and has found herself drawn into all sorts of strange goings-on in the seaside town of Whitby. And tonight she comes face to face with an old flame who is, well, frankly, quite monstrous. Never the Bride by Paul Mars Episode 3 Our Frank Hello and welcome back to Whitby I'm your genial hostess, Brenda I run a guest house in the old part of town near the harbour I lead a quiet life, but I like to keep an eye on things. I end up being drawn into the most curious of affairs, however. First of all, there was Mr Danby, the slimy late-night talk show host. This wicked and unnatural woman is dwelling in our midst. She has already tried violence on me twice. We, the innocent denizens of Whitby, are not safe in our beds at night as long as we harbour this woman. Mr. Danby's show, The Night Owls, is a seething cauldron of discontented gossip and aspersions. And now there was this murder thing going on. An elderly, retired superheroine from Birmingham, Mrs. Midnight, had been killed during a masked ball at the Christmas Hotel. I had the feeling, not for the first time in my life, that I was being stitched up. There are people here who want to run you out of town, Brenda. Well, I won't let them. I've been run out of too many places. I'm settled here now. That's the spirit. Yes. This is me and my best friend Effie chewing things over with cinnamon toast and frothy mockers in our favourite Whitby cafe. Once upon a time, I'd have skulked away in the dead of night if I'd thought for one second that my dearly held secrets were out. Well, now you've got friends, you don't have to run and hide. Actually, I'm not so sure about that. Oh, you mean the other matter? What if Mr Timperley isn't lying? Oh, he's talking rubbish, Brenda. Oh. He was trying to put the willies up here. Do you think so? I know what I'm talking about when it comes to people putting the willies up here. Mr Timperley was one of the guests that week in my bed and breakfast. Mrs Midnight was his ancient girlfriend, and we'd had a nasty row when he thought I was responsible for her demise. Mr Timperley was a retired crime fighter too. He used to be Harry the Cat of Salford, in lime green leopard print lycra, thigh-high boots and small pointed ears. And he was wearing his old cosy again as he confronted me under my own guesthouse roof. I'm getting out of here because I don't believe a word you say, you monstrous woman, you evil beer-mob. Go on, Scram, get out of my house. Come in here with your accusations and your lies. Lies? I haven't been lying. Every word was true. About Your fiancé? Oh, yes. It's all quite true. He's working his way back to you, Brenda, with a burning love inside. And he's been after you for years. Perhaps he won't find you. Perhaps it'll all blow over. No. He's on his way. I warn you, you will get yours, Brenda. You've got it coming. Good riddance, nasty old man. I need your help, Effie. Now, I wouldn't ask, only I think I need your help really badly this time. Go on, anything. I'm going to ask you to do something 
I don't think you'll be happy about it. <laughs> well, we won't know that until you tell me. I want you to use your powers. My... Your powers as the last in line of a whole dynasty of Whitby witches. Now, I know you hate black magic and all, but... Oh, look, what you ask Look, I know it? you've spent your whole life avoiding your inheritance. It's not just that. Black magic scares me. Well, you don't understand. No, I wouldn't ask. It's, I'm just really worried about him. If I don't want him near me, I can't let him take me away. Oh, all right. All right. I'll think on it. Oh, will you? Oh, oh, I'll see what I can do. Well, as I made my way back across town, over the bridge and the bustling harbour towards home, here was a scene I didn't know was going on right at that minute, up on the clifftop in the Christmas Hotel, where Mr Timperley was meeting with the evil Mrs Claus. You have been very brave, spending nights in that wicked woman's guest house. Thank you. Back when I was having the cat, I faced ghastly peril on a daily basis. But, but I must admit, that woman terrifies me. Well, it's all over now. You can stay here at my Christmas hotel, in the bosom of my care. I can't go anywhere, can I? No, well, you've got him hold up here. I feel like he's my responsibility. I bought him here. And you got him to do the dirty work on your own girlfriend. You told me to. Funny how people just do what I tell them to. It could quite turn my head. It could drive me to terrible Catherine the Great type extreme. Anyway, while he's here, I stay here at your hotel. Well then, you will be here for my second mass ball this evening. And you will dance with me. And my motorized scooter! If you like. It would be an honour, Mrs. Claus. All of that I never heard. I never knew in any detail at that point what was going on behind my back. I had my suspicions, though. I knew various people were in cahoots, ranged against me. I'm not paranoid for nothing. I think we should go there tonight, that's all. But have everyone looking and pointing. I think you should be there to show them that you don't give two hoots about their suspicions. You aren't a murderess. <gasps> what Mr Danby says you are. Well, I'll give it some thought. It's a masked ball, Brenda. You can go in disguise. I'm always in disguise, in a way, aren't I? If I'm going, I'm going as myself, in all my glory. I've a new corselet I ordered from that posh lady's hey. shop. <laughs> black velvet frock. I'll be all busty and swishy and grand. And just watch them flock around me. <laughs> good for you. And besides, we haven't had a good look at the fellas yet. Man mad you are. Oh, hardly. I left Effie at her junk shop and antiques emporium, and I toiled up the steep incline to my own side passage. I was pretty sure I was going to cave in and go to this second ball at the Christmas Hotel that night. As I say, I find it all irresistible, being in the thick of things when there's intrigue about. First, though, there was something else. What's this? A letter? Jammed under my welcome mat. Nasty cheap stationery. Awful handwriting. Terrible English. There was only one man I knew it could be. I did warn you, didn't I, my love? I said I were on my way to see you again and to claim you for my one and only. So here Frank is, my love. 
in this town what you have made your own and hidden yourself away from me in. When our father made us, he intended that we be one. I thought we would be man and wife, but he stopped all that. He looked upon the body he had made, your body, and he was frightened of it. He tried to murder you minutes after bringing you to life. I could never forgive him for that. Shut up! Stop it! I don't want to hear it! Our father is long dead. There is only us two now on the face of this earth. We should be together, Brenda. We will be together, seeing as what I have come back for you. You can't have me! You won't have me! No! Hello, Effie here. My turn to narrate for a bit, as Brenda seems to be a bit indisposed. Having a fit of the screaming abdaps is what my great-aunt Maud would have called it. She's gone to jelly, has Brenda. I've never seen her this discombobulated before. What could I do to help, dear listener? Well, you heard Brenda beg me for magical assistance, and I decided, even though it goes against me better judgment, that was the least I could do. It's very good of you, this. Oh, Brenda, I was always terrible at casting spells and so on. Oh, my aunts used to despair of me. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, I've lost my page. Oh, here we are. I know you don't want to be like your female ancestresses. I know you don't want to be a witch. Too late for that. Oh, look, the mixture's thickening. Um... What's he meant to do, this spell? Repel old boyfriends. Very useful in some tight corners. We make a kind of dough and bake it into little cakes. Mm-hmm. And then you, you eat them all and go to the mass ball with me tonight, and even if he jumps out at you, you're protected from him. I see. But I could see she wasn't convinced. And to be honest, I had very little faith myself in my magical abilities. Here was Brenda, afraid for her life, and all I could do was bake fairy cakes. Oh, I felt so useless stirring my cake mix with my witchy forebears staring down at me from their gloomy portraits. Even if it doesn't work, at least we've got something in for tea time. Quite. I feel almost embarrassed now about secreting our guests down here in the cellars. We could have given him a proper room. I don't think it matters either way to Frank. He's not used to luxury. Oh, I don't suppose he is. Yoo-hoo! Frank, are you there? Oh, what a terrible life the poor love's had. I'm glad I've got you and him here now. I can do something to help him. Hello? Frank? Hello. Oh, oh my. I'm here. Be next to you. Frank, Mrs. Claus here wanted to... Me, Frank. I own the Christmas Hotel above. I brought you here. It was me what decided to come here to find her, to get Brenda. Yes, but it's all my plan. What she's saying, Frank, is that she wants to help you in any way she can. Frank doesn't trust her. Don't like the look of her. You should trust me. You should thank me. Frank thanks no one. Not even your friend, Mr. Timperley. Him, yes. Harry Timperley's a friend. But you others, you women, never. 
a woman hater. Typical. He's upset. We're so close to success. He doesn't know what he's saying. I know what I'm saying. Frank knows what's what. What Frank wants to know is when is she coming? Where is oh, she now? Don't upset yourself. Oh, he's very strong, isn't he? Look at the physique on him. He's all man and Frank's a good-looking man. Frank's a good catch. <laughs> I should call, call, dear. Brenda's coming here, Frank. Tonight. Here? To the second masked ball. We will bring her to you. Down in this cellar? Not down here. You must come up out of the shadows, my friend. You must join the party above ground. Oh, you've got to come to the dance, Frank. And join in. To the dance? Amongst people? Of course. Amongst them real human beings? Come into our world, Frank, and claim your bride. It's Christmas Eve, Frank. It's Christmas Eve every night at the Christmas Hotel. A good night for a wedding at last. Two hundred years late. My wedding night at last. Oh, Brenda, be chuffed to bits. I don't know what's going on in these scenes where we are present. Yes, it's like something going on behind your back. Makes me feel a bit slow, actually. Anyhow, I get the feeling that it's all coming to a climax pretty soon. Oh, yes. And here we are in our glad rags, heading to the Christmas hotel, ready to meet the climax head on. <laughs> oh, hooray for us. Oh, come on. One thing about Effie is that she's a proper morale booster when the chips are down. Some adventures, I'd rather slink off home and hide in my attic bedroom. But Effie is brave and doughty. Effie leads us right into the heart of the deadly shenanigans. So there we were, struggling up that cliff-top path on what was proving to be a really stormy night. The stiff, salty wind off the North Sea blowing my new hairdo all to hell. The crash of waves on the rocks below. Uh, hey, we're both narrating. And up ahead, there was music coming from Mrs. Claus's hotel, even more raucous and festive than ever before. There they all were, all the masked superheroes and crime fighters that Great Britain had ever known, hundreds of them, all togged up in their skin-tight outfits again. Mrs. Claus had invited them in order to pay tribute to their efforts at keeping the populace safe. <laughs> That's a laugh. If they'd but known, they were here at the behest of one of the biggest supervillainesses ever. Here's a drink, dear. Oh, cheers! Let's mingle. You're right, let's mingle like that. <laughs> So, I'll go this way. You take the east wing of the hotel, the drinks lounge in the buffy room. I'll head for the dance floor. So there I was. Foaming green cocktail held aloft. Invincible with a magic spell and my best black velvet frock on. All winched in with a spanking new corselet. My wig set in this rock-hard beehive, nudging my way through the glamorous crowd. I drew a few stares, I can tell you. 
not least from those few gossipers who'd heard me reviled on Whitby FM or had heard I was the one who found the body of Mrs. Midnight in the hotel labs. But I ignored them. I put on a big brassy grin and shrugged off their accusing stares until I bumped into Robert. Brenda, I'm here with Sheila Manchu. Oh, hello, Brenda. I don't believe a word of it. The rumours about you being evil and demented. Oh, cheers, lovely. I've seen that horrible Mr Timpley about, done up in his cat outfit. He's up to something, slinking about on the edges. Well, I'm ready for him. Honestly, I could give him such a pasting. Him and Mrs Claus and Mr Danby. The things they've put me through these past few days. Oh, don't you worry yourself, Brenda. I know what it's like to have tongues wagging at my back. But the people of Whitby won't really turn against you. You belong here with us. Thanks, Sheila. That's good to hear. Meanwhile, and here's the joy of having two narrators, I was across the other end of the Christmas hotel, gyrating myself like Billy-O on the dance floor. All in the cause of our investigations, of course. Anyway, it was just as I was swinging my two-piece jacket round and round my head that I came to my senses abruptly. And it was at precisely that moment that someone tapped heavily on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, what? May I interrupt you this darkness? Oh, and I felt a shudder run deep through my whole body. I turned and stared up into his great, gloweringly handsome face. The disco lights gleamed on his glossy black hair, tinging his complexion sea green, though he was no less attractive for that. Will you dance with me, Ephrygia Jacobs? He must have been standing about seven feet tall, broad as a double-decker tram. The dancing crowd around me drew back at the sight of him. They cleared a big space for us and... Ooh, it was like being in a gerontophile Saturday night fever. He took me in his great manly arms. I haven't danced with a beautiful woman in a very long time. You're very good at it. Frank hasn't lost his touch. And it was when we were dancing to a more up-tempo number that I could draw back slightly and get a better look at him. He was in a tux. Ooh, very smart. The disco lights made his deep, dark eyes flash with passionate intensity. And they gleamed off. The lights glinted off. The bolts in his neck! Well, there I was, talking in the corner with Captain Crisis from Stoke-on-Trent. Sound familiar. Excuse me, dear, would you? That sounds rather like a friend of mine doing all the screaming. There I was, fighting my way through the crowd. Well, Brenda, you're here. I knew you would come, Mrs. Claus. Good evening, of course, I'm here. <laughs> you're brave, I'll give you that. <laughs> Look, get your motorized scooter out of my way, will you? That's Effie screaming her lungs out through there. Is it? You two are always getting overexcited about something or other. <laughs> Mrs. Claus, I'm warning you, you've got in my way once too often recently. If you don't let me pass, I'll knock your head off your shoulders. <gasps> You'd attack a woman in a motorized scooter, would you? You know I would. Just you try it, lady. Get away, Oh, 
silence. Everyone shut it. Everyone listen to me. Listen to Frank. Frank! There you are at last. I'm here with you. Oh, Frank, put her down. My fiancé, my missus, my bride. I'm choking, Brenda. I can't breathe. Frank, I'm telling you, put Effie down at once. Who, this old hag? I'll talk to you. I'll step outside with you if you let Effie go. Just don't hurt her. Brenda, oh, Brenda, don't bargain with him. He's a monster. Let me deal with this. Your magic fairy cakes weren't much cut with it. Brenda, I'm here. Can I help? I don't think so, sweetheart. This is something I'm going to have to face all by myself. Who is that? That terrible man. Is it who I think it is? It most certainly is, love it. Frank, I'm giving myself up. For the sake of Effie, I'm giving myself up to you. Now... Let her go. Put the poor old thing down. It's okay. It's okay. I'm all right. Thank you, Frank. Now you must come with me, Brenda. You must keep your word to Frank. Well, we can talk. I'll I'll come outside with you. We'll talk. That's all. You must come with me. Give me your hand. Come. Come. Brenda, you don't have to go. Don't trust him. It's okay. It's fine. Where's he taking her? What's he going to do to her? You look just the same. Rubbish. Even better, you look wonderful. Flatterer. You look different, by the way. Frank has had a rough life. It wasn't much of a picnic for me either, you know. I must have last seen you before the war, I think, a long time ago. I'd forgotten about that. The last time I remember was way before that. Your memory was always patchy. What's this about, Frank? Why have you come chasing after me like this? Drawing attention to ourselves like this? These are dangerous games you're playing. You sound so cold, so distant from Frank. Of course I do. You're nothing to me. Nothing. Harsh. It's true. I've worked so hard to make myself into a normal person... An ordinary, obscure, unremarkable woman. You'll never be that. Not to me. But it's what I want to be. That's all I've ever wanted. To be human. But we aren't, Brenda. That's just what we're not. When I think I could brain you. You've jeopardised my whole life here. I love it here. I even fit in. At last, I've found somewhere where I fit in. Lucky you. But you've ruined it. What are you doing hanging about with that timperly bloke? With Mrs. Claus? I don't know. Frank would have thrown in his lot with anyone just to get back to you. Don't go pretending you think anything of me. Frank loves you. Frank's loved you for more than 200 years. Rubbish. Ever since I watched you first open your eyes. Ever since our father looked down at you with horror etched on his face. Ever since he tried to put a stop to you even before you had taken your first step. Even then, I was already in love with you. You don't know me. You know nothing about me. I know more about you than anyone does. Don't you see? 
Frank watched you being spliced together bit by beautiful bit all through that winter. I watched our father, Herr Dr. Frankenstein, working and stitching you together with such patience and skill and carefulness. I watched you grow. I watched you taking your shape. Oh, stop! I can't bear this! I loved you before you even knew yourself. Before you drew your first oh, breath. Frank, stop! Leave me alone! I was the one who begged her, Doctor, to create you. I inspired your creation. You only exist because of me. And your only purpose is to belong to me. No! Brenda, come back! You, you can't run! Not anymore! Go away, you horrible, seedy old man! I want nothing more to do with you! Go away! Come back here! Come to Frank. Oh, get back. Leave me alone. Give me your hand, Brenda. You were made for me. Frank, I'd rather... What? What would you rather? Stop playing games with me, woman. I'd rather not exist at all. No, get back from the edge. Stop it, Brenda. Don't. No. That's it. I've had enough of you. It's too dark. Oh, they're too far away. She ran over the grass and he went after her, I think. Leave them to it, I say. Oh, shut it, you, you old bag. I'm going out there after them. Oh, I'm coming with you. Oh, forget them. It's just a silly domestic. Get the music back on. This is Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve again. Welcome once again, my lovely, lovely listeners. Welcome once more to the Night Owls with me, your genial host, Mr. Danby. Now, after all the kerfuffle and evil upheavals here in Whitby just lately, I thought it would be nice if we kept things rather gentle on tonight's show. Let's have a calming and relaxing night, eh, listeners? So no heavy debates or arguments or recriminations. Let's all try to get along in peace and harmony. Ah, line two. It's Effie, isn't it? That's right, Mr. Danby. And how's our wonderful Effie this evening? It's your fault. All of it. I'm sorry, my dear. I'm afraid I don't understand. She was, is, the most wonderful woman. And you tried to ruin her. You tried to turn everyone against her and blacken her name. I assure you, my dear, I didn't do anything of the sort. Who are you talking about, anyway? Oh, you know who, and you know what you did, too. You were dead against her. Oh, you did everything you could to. Oh, I think our Effie's been on the cooking sherry again, listeners. No, no, she's gone. Who's gone? Brenda. That's what you wanted, didn't you? You wanted her out of town. I'm sorry, but I really don't. You'd have organised a pack of marauding peasants, if you could, all brandishing flame and torches and setting light to a bed and breakfast. I assure you, Mrs. Jacobs, all I had was public safety and interest oh, at heart. shut up. She's gone now. You can't hurt her any more. When you say gone, do you mean she's left Whitby? I don't know. Or do you mean passed away? I don't know. We just don't know. 
I heard rumours about some of the events at the Christmas Hotel last night. Some said they'd seen a monster on the dance floor. I was there. I saw most of what happened. But you don't know what happened to Brenda. All I know is that when we went outside to find her, right on the cliff edge, she was gone. And so was her old man. They'd gone? Over the top? Perhaps we'll never know. But there was no trace of Brenda. I don't even know if we'll ever see her again. <sighs> In episode three of Never the Bride, Brenda was played by Joanna Tope, Effie, Monica Gibb, Robert, John Paul Hurley, Mr. Danby, Sean Scanlon, Mr. Timperley, and Frank, Gareth Thomas, Sheila Manchu, Gayan Potter, and Mrs. Claus, Eileen McCallum. Never the Bride was written by Paul Mars. The producer was David Jackson Young. Oh dear. Well, let's hope Brenda does return at some point. Watch this space. <laughs>